Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. This is Iowa Basketball. I'm Sabrina Merchant, joined by Anthony Irwin, and we're here to talk about a Lakers loss to the Sacramento Kings, which, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, that was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. That was like, <laughs> I was, I was, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. That's like the, the loudest I've been in my living room. I mean, I, I, I couldn't really make any noise because my wife is sleeping in one room and then my daughter is sleeping mm-hmm. in another. So, but like, I was actually into the game. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's funny how refreshing just not seeing the same players night after night after night after night. And as they get just more and more fatigued, it's kind of nice to just see some fresh legs out there. Some guys really trying to prove themselves out there. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a fun one. Sucks to lose, but, but you know, I, it was a, a decent way to spend my Wednesday night. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I know that the Lakers haven't had a, a rivalry, so to speak, with the Kings in a very long time. And even then, it's hard to say if it was a rivalry because aren't both teams <laughs> supposed to beat each other. But I still yeah. don't enjoy when the Lakers lose to the Kings. I have perfectly fine time rooting for the Kings to beat other teams. It's just not the Lakers. <laughs> um, it's funny the there was that one Buddy healed three that apparently – yeah. looked like his foot was on the line and it was ruled. A Not three, looked though, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. His foot was on the line. Probably should have been ruled a two. For some reason they had all of halftime to rule that it did not happen. They had all of the second half and it did not happen. And I'm just thinking like, Oh, remember that time that the Lakers played the Kings in the playoffs and Samaki Walker got up a three point after the buzzer and it counted. And that ended up being dramatically important. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, karma. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, they no they Kings fans no, no longer get to complain, right? Like no, this, we're all the points have <clears> been we're all, even, we're all you know, there's the <laughs> it's the same situation, <laughs> same stakes, but we're, we're good. You know, in a in a game that actually mattered, I would be bemoaning the fact that Montrez Harrell got called for a technical for saying and one, which in that case, how <laughs> yeah. did Carlos Boozer make it 12 years in the NBA or however many years he played? Uh <laughs> Yeah. Carlos Boozer would have to dip into his 401k <laughs> like, <laughs> if he got a T for every time he did that. Referees, like, I don't know. I whined about it in, in yesterday's Locked on Lakers, and, and I've whined about it a couple times over the course of the season. Can we just get them some headphones? Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. Like, um, just get them, like, the NBA probably has partnerships with Beats. Just get them some Beats. <laughs> Just, just cover your ears. You know, running with AirPods is pretty easy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, have you have you ever seen? There's a movie. Oh man, it was one of those like old Billy. I'm super dating myself, but there was an old Billy Crystal. Forget Paris. It was that. He's the ref. Where he's the ref, and yeah. he like throws out it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> he's like just because he had like a bad day going into it, right? And Kareem's like, "It's my farewell game," and Billy Crystal's like, "Well, farewell," you know. <laughs> it's really good. You know, I'm I'm not that much younger than you, actually, Anthony. I used to watch it with my brother quite a bit. <laughs> uh, well, we are aging ourselves in. Yeah, we'll, yeah you we'll, know, we'll if that. you haven't seen Forget Paris, it's it's actually quite delightful. You know, yeah. It's just such a funky premise that you know, Philly <laughs> Crystal's this NBA ref, but it's a good time. But anyway, we are nominally here to talk about the fact that the Lakers lost to the Kings. What was it? 113, 110. Um, they were without three starters. Uh, another completely unrelated aside. Uh, my, my brother came back and was watching the end of the game with me. And he was like, well, you know, our, our defense sucks because we're missing like three potential defensive player of the year candidates like in their prime. And I'm thinking like, 
that's, that's a really high praise for Alex Caruso. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Mark is missing. Well, I was, I was, I, I was going to say that the Lakers were missing an MVP candidate and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I guess LeBron and Anthony Davis are DPOI candidates in their prime, but like AC, like that's a lot. And it's like, no, the one guy who's actually won a defensive player of the year. <laughs> Oof, LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just in case you're listening, LeBron, that was Sabrina Merchant, and uh, I promise I, I should continue to stay on the Lakers beat. Yeah, Mark's just you know holding that trophy for him as he has been since 2013. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you you had a good point earlier. Like the this game was surprisingly fun considering all of the absences that the Lakers were dealing with, and probably because of the absences that the Lakers were dealing with. You know, we got a really hot start shooting start for the Lakers, which I thought was going to pretend good things going forward. But uh, again, they were missing a lot of substantial defensive personnel. So it's unsurprising that Sacramento, who is a good offensive team, was able to score on them kind of at will, you know, once that first six minutes or so had passed. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was good for, you know, Markeith to get into more of a rhythm. I thought it was good for Kuz to get into rhythm. Uh, KCP finally got some shots up. Uh, Ironically, like the first half was really bad for Dennis Schroeder, but I think he, you know, picked it up afterwards too. You know, mm-hmm. he was the reason I think that the Lakers run it by the end of it. And, uh, you know, one layup away from the Lakers going into the break with a win, but who really stood out to you? Like a guy who doesn't usually get this kind of playing time. What? I mean, I'm, I'm driving the Damian Jones bandwagon right now. Like that everybody who is on this bus with me, we are riding high, you know, I might have to add, I might have to turn this thing into a double decker here pretty soon. And it just to fit everybody. Um, I really like what he brings. There were a few occasions. So his, his line, uh, zero points. not expect to see that when he was <laughs> did, you, did you see it in my face his lines oh <laughs> so his lines not not you know not the kind of thing you're gonna write home about zero points a single board and a block mm-hmm. um a plus one though on on the evening uh he didn't even get a shot <laughs> well all right well here's my point though so he didn't get a shot because the, the the Kings actually cared about him on pick and rolls. And like to this point in the season, when the Lakers have been running pick and rolls for Dennis Schroeder or for Alex Caruso, you know, though he didn't play in this one, there hasn't been much space gained because the other team kind of knows that AD setting that pick and then just kind of looking to take advantage of the switch or, you know, Montrose Harrell is going to set that pick, but isn't really a lob threat in the way that Damian Jones is. And when Jones was out there uh, setting his screens, shouts to David Locke, like there was a ton of screen screen assists from 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 Jones in this one. I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, you know I, we're I, not I, on a I, lockdown show right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not contractually obligated to say those two words together. You'd be surprised. I'll show you my contract. <laughs> um, but 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 like Jones, I, I just think he brings something to the Lakers. Now he takes some stuff off the table because there are things that he can't do that like Marcus all can or, or Montrose Harold sometimes can or Marquise Morris when he's playing the five can, but there are just some things he makes point guards life easier just because he's a giant human being who is capable of jumping 36 inches in the air. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, there was one play where I thought he was going to earn free throws because I want to say Kuz lopped it to him and he got fouled on the attempt. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, 
I, I, I don't understand why if you were being thrown a lob pass, you were clearly like in the act of shooting because you were right. going for the dunk. How is it not a shooting foul? It has bothered me for years, but whatever. That that should have been the statistics that were on Damian Jones' talent today. Go. He should have he had like had these, a, he these had zeros all throughout. <laughs> Still hasn't missed a shot as a Laker. There you go. Oh yeah. I did I not realize so. that. Um, I think so. But yeah, to me, it was clear that Damian Jones has never practiced with the Lakers because on the one hand, like you can go set the screen for a guy when he calls for it and run a pick and roll. And that's not terribly complicated, but on the other hand, like there were so many miscommunications on defense. Like they were constantly like, oh, were yeah. you supposed to be here? Like, <laughs> isn't that the guy you were supposed to take? And I don't blame them because obviously they, they had just no time with Jones. Like he was signed on Thursday or Friday. Like his first mm-hmm. day with the team was on Friday. Um, they played on Friday. They obviously didn't practice on Saturday because they played again on Sunday. And then they probably didn't practice on Monday because they played again on Tuesday. And here we are. <laughs> like there's just no time to acclimate yourself to the playbook. Or even if you do, like, what does the playbook even mean if LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Marcus all aren't playing? You know, it's entirely different. So there were definitely stretches where you could tell, like, these five guys have never been on the court together. And that's kind of interesting to watch, right? Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen, you know, when Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma and <laughs> Alfonso McKinney and Jared Dudley are on the court together? Like, it's it's exciting. It's, you know, a lot of this season has been just knowing what the Lakers are supposed to look yeah, like the and then kind of bemoaning the fact that they're not as good as we think they're going to be. And this was just a refreshing little dash of like, hey, we have some other things that we're going to throw at you because nobody cares about this game. <laughs> and like you said that, you know, obviously Damian Jones is just the light of everyone's light right now. But I, for one, was really happy to see Jared Dudley play some real minutes. Uh, I know mm-hmm. he got into the game he yesterday against next. Phoenix. <laughs> two next, right? Because he had the right next train. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, Jared Dudley playing a back-to-back is not something that I would have put on my Lakers bingo card at the start of the season, but kudos to you, Jared Dudley, for making that happen. It's on my bucket list. Maybe not bingo, but but bucket list for sure. stripped De'Aaron Fox clean on the perimeter and led a fast break. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, that was probably my favorite Jared Dudley moment of his entire career. (laughs) Like, it was beautiful. (laughs) I just love how much the Lakers love Jared Dudley. So true. Like his teammates freaking it's, it's so endearing. It's so pure. It's like sincere. Cause you know, sometimes how like I, you know, when, when, when a team has like the 14th or 15th guy, it can sometimes feel like they're mocking the guy. Yeah. But they like legit love the dude. They totally do. <laughs> they, they like straight up, like just really enjoy when good things happen for Jared Dudley. And, and, and it's just, it's a pleasure to watch. Um, yeah, I, I, we should probably take a break, but I actually think there were a couple things that, uh, that can come out of this game. Yeah, you know, that's I, it. I, I really think that this game can be productive. Other than potentially leading to Luke Walton's firing, but uh, anyway, let's take a quick <laughs> break and then we'll talk about those potential conclusions. All right, and we're back. So the Lakers lost to the Kings by three totally expected result considering they're missing three starters and Alex Caruso, but there were to your opinion, Anthony, some things that we can take away from this game as it is the last one heading into the all-star break. So I'm going to leave it to you. What do you think we should be thinking about the Lakers? Well, a couple things before I even get to that though, this is via our own Harrison. Um, 
he tweets out of Buddy Heald's two that was counted as a three incorrectly. Frank Vogel says the officials told him that it had been too long to change it once the replay center got back to them. What? I don't think that's the rule. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there's a statute of limitations in a game when it's like an actual point. If if the replay center is getting back to you, like, isn't that when you make the decision? Like you send it up to replay and they're like, oh, it was a two. Fix right. it. Right. I don't I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like it'd be like, one thing if it was the end of the fourth quarter and you change it like after four minutes and it's like, well, it entirely changes the balance of the way you're playing. I get that. You could have right. changed it at halftime and everyone right. has plenty of time to fix it. Well, also, like, you know, the NBA is developing all these partnerships with gambling. Mm. And what happens if that affects the line, you know, and you have potential thousands of dollars switching hands based on the fact that there's again, apparently a statute of limitations <laughs> on the correct call being made in a basketball game. Oh like, what are we doing here? I, if I'm not even kidding, I'm not even kidding. I don't know that I wager anything on an NBA game anymore because like why? This thing can just be, they can just pick and choose when they're going to abide by rules. Huh? I have never heard that it was too late in a game to change a two to a three. When like, you have all of halftime. I, that's absurd. That is, <laughs> I, I think I have spent too much time thinking about referees recently. And I don't know if it's because the Lakers are losing more. And so it's something to focus my energies on, but I really do believe that there are some problems here that need to be addressed. And it is frustrating as hell because yeah, this, the NBA really should be like the most entertaining product. Like there's so much good talent on the court. Mm -hmm. And yet we're talking about God, like Devin Booker getting ejected or Donovan Mitchell, like having a war of words with the referees or whatever happened with Dame and Draymond at the end of that golden state game. And now like, mm -hmm you literally can't just figure out that the guy's foot was on the line and it's only worth two points. Like that is a foundational rule since like the it's, 1960s. It's subjective. It's not even subjective. Sabrina, we're talking about like, this isn't like a block or a charge thing. Exactly. This isn't a carryover. This isn't, you know, contact and verticality or whatever at the rim. This is somebody's foot. Dude, his arch was on the freaking, like it was not close. There's a, there's a, this reminds me of the Kevin Durant play, right? Where there's a fan literally closer to the court than he was when, when they let him save the ball. That's right. You know, like, what are we doing here? What, like, what's the point of review? Either, either get, a, get rid of review completely. Get rid of it altogether, mm -hmm. right? Acknowledge that your referees suck and say that this is just something like baseball does this with uh, balls and strikes, right? They're right. like, our umpires are human beings mm -hmm. and they aren't going to get every single ball and strike call right. We can't review those things. And if you yell about, if you yell at them enough about it, you're going to get thrown out of the game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, either, either handle your referees incompetence that way or actually enforce <laughs> an objectively <laughs> correct call. And again, like, I don't even care. I don't care. It's, it's what was it? This is the Lakers are now 27 and 13. So game number 37 on the season of a 72 game season. I give a rat's bleep about it. I don't care at all, but there's something inherently wrong with, with the system here. If 
referees and the replay center can just decide, yeah, I know that like that's the correct call, but we're just not going to listen. It's so weird to me because like, <laughs> don't they always like the guy, the referee who is closest to the play will hold up his hand, right? Like mm-hmm. as if to signal three. Yeah. And then they point to the monitor to check. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me like <laughs> they couldn't get that done fast enough to read. <laughs> I am flummoxed. This is so stupid. Like, okay, I did not want that game to go into overtime. And it was more likely that it would go into overtime had the Lakers been down by two. Let's be clear. This Mm -hmm. outcome is perfectly acceptable. The Lakers probably did not deserve to win that game. Um, It would have been fine. Had they won, you know, they put in a nice effort. They just didn't have enough gas down the stretch. Like you Mm -hmm. don't miss four layups in a row when you're perfectly ready to go. It's fine that the Lakers lost. This is not about wins and losses. This is just stupid. Yeah. It's the just NBA, stupid. The NBA's calls on uh, the NBA's policy on reversing calls is my same policy when either Avery or Callie gets far enough into food they shouldn't be eating. <laughs> like, uh, well, damage oh, well. is done. <laughs> Shit. Oh, well. Like, oh, they opened the wrapper. It's too late. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess I got to eat the Reese's now. Sorry. <laughs> You know, like this is ridiculous. What are we doing? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> I I don't even have words about this. It's it's stupid. Um <laughs> Anthony, right, so you were you were about to tell me why the make Lakers. A point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so where I think this game could be potentially productive for the Lakers is because of the circumstances under which this season is being played, you have a uh you, you don't have any practice time. Mm-hmm. And in that practice time is when guys like McKinney, guys like Damian Jones under normal circumstances, right? Uh, you just guys further down the, the Devonte Kaycock, for example, right. like his hardly played this year at all. Um, guys like that usually develop and earn trust with their coach in the practice facility by going up against these guys that they would, they would be competing with four minutes or, or even if they aren't competing with them for minutes, because Devonte Kaycock is just not going to be competing with Marcus all for minutes. Like that's not, that's not how this rotation is going to work, but can he show Frank Vogel that on a night where Gasol is exhausted or on a night where Montrose Harrell is, is exhausted or the matchup just doesn't really work out. Can Kaycock get out there and hold his own and spell them for five, 10 minutes here and there, you know? And, and I think with this game going the way that it did, where uh, Alfonso McKinney, who, again, I, I've really wanted to see some more Alfonso McKinney this year. Me and Stephen A. Smith are, are, are all about. Him and Esky uh, brothers too. Very big on Alfonso yeah, McKinney. <laughs> yeah. And so like, we're, you know, I, I've wanted to see what he could bring to the table and, you know, he did fine out there. He was not a complete disaster. And, and that's basically, you know, for the Lakers, I think as this next half of the season is going to continue to be tough, by the way, like they have eight back-to-backs. They are still trying to squeeze, you know, 72 games into the short amount of time. Coming up here. Yeah. Like the the team is going to get a quick respite here and then they're going to dive right back into being exhausted. So by showing Frank Vogel with, with McKinney showing Vogel and with Damian Jones showing Vogel that, Hey, we can be productive out there. Even though Damian Jones literally was not productive. 
like <laughs> we can go out there and we can hold our own and and like hopefully hopefully Sorry, we i'm can still get... thinking of you reading the stat line earlier. <laughs> Like, like hopefully we we don't have to continue to watch like a completely gassed LeBron dribble the ball off his foot mm-hmm. down the stretch of a game because he's just that tired, you know. If if AD do, is is sitting at eighty five percent and like cannot dunk a basketball, then cool. Like we can we can get a few minutes in there for from Damian Jones and he can do some of the things athletically that that AD can. And just the idea of planting the, the, the trust in Vogel's head, I think, here, is how this game, I think, can actually matter moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I had literally no idea what to expect from Alfonso McKinney because he's played nothing beyond garbage time, I think, this entire mm-hmm. season. I, I couldn't have even told you like what his like, skill set was you know, heading into this game. And it was just nice yeah. to see that he is a legitimately competent player. I mean, he was part of a rotation last year. Admittedly, that was in Cleveland, so I, I don't really know what that means. But... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to take a shot at the Cavaliers. It's just like lottery teams, you know, it's not a lot to be gained there, but it was cool to see that he, like, there's a reason that the Lakers kept him. I mean, it wasn't just purely cap machinations. Like there is a reason that he is deserving of being on an NBA roster. And Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that rewarded for guys, you know, because I'm sure he's been like a perfectly good soldier this entire Mm -hmm. season, right? Like we haven't heard any peeps out of the Laker locker room about how these guys are upset that they're not getting any time. He's happy to play his role, and it's it's nice when that role is actually rewarded with minutes. Um, I've thought a lot about you know the Lakers not sending their guys to the G League bubble. Um, I know they didn't mm-hmm. send a team, which I don't really understand the re- rationale for that. But whatever, like plenty of teams have just been assigning their players to other affiliates just so they could get some minutes. And mm-hmm. I I wonder if that would have been nice for Costas or Devonte Kaycock to have that opportunity because the Lakers don't use them. <laughs> like it's not yeah. it's not like we needed them to fill these minutes because like even tonight when the rotation was down four players, neither of them got on the court. Right. Well, Costas had a, has his knee in a brace. I think he's still hurt. He, I thought he played against Phoenix. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, I thought it might've been a different player who had his yeah. knee in a brace. It's, it's just interesting to see that, you know, the two ways aren't getting on the court regardless. So I wonder if that might've been a better use of <clears throat> their minutes was to send them to Orlando and like have them, Mm-hmm. at least get some time Play on the floor for somebody exactly yeah I, that's I, you know I'm, neither here nor there because the season's basically over so yeah i mean uh, the I, I, season, I mean I, i'm just looking at it from a standpoint of you know obviously for guys like haycock and guys like costas costas less so right because he's always going to be Giannis's brother and so <laughs> teams are always going to be kind of looking for a way to to use him but but for somebody like haycock for example who is not related to to one of the best players in the nba like it does it this season does kind of suck. It's kind of a lost season for him and and he's not gonna have very many seasons this year. So uh or or, or not very many seasons moving forward. Right. So, you know, for for and and also by the way, like it it can help the Lakers. The the, the Lakers need young, fresh legs in there every so often just to to, you know, can can you get Kaycock on on the floor and not have the the opposing team go on a 8-0 run in four minutes mm-hmm. you know i i think i don't think he's that bad of a player i've always felt that way about alfonso mckinney and i have continued to feel that way about damian jones 
And so the more that these guys actually prove now, Kaycock didn't get to because he didn't play, but the more that these guys can actually prove to Vogel, like, Hey, and we have it on tape. I was not terrible. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's at least an option because to this point, because like, I, you know, I, I kind of know the way that coaches think if they never see it, it's kind of hard to just say, all right, go, go have at it. <laughs> un- unless the circumstance dictates it the way that tonight did. Um, it, it, but now, now it's not just throwing them into the deep end. Now they can, now they, they've seen them swim. They've seen them handle the water and, and now they can throw them out there and feel a little bit more confident about it when the second half of the schedule really sets in. Yeah. I just worry that we're going to be back in a situation where like the, you know, the, the starters get a week off, right. And they mm-hmm. open the schedule and, you know, we're back to that nine man rotation where, yeah. Within two weeks, everybody looks gassed again, but it's, it's just a tough, tough scenario for everybody in the league, right. With how compressed the games are with how little practice time there is. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody looks a little bit more lifeless than you would expect at this point of the season. So thankfully that break is coming because I, I don't want to watch this current iteration of the Lakers play too many more games. <laughs> I'm so happy there's a break. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> um, just, you know, last thing before we head out here, the all-star game is coming up and I, for one, am just a huge fan of all-star weekend. I absolutely love it. And the Lakers have not been prominently involved recently in all-star weekend. Like most of our guys do not participate in the skills challenges. Uh, Dwight mm-hmm. Howard's weird appearance in the slam dunk contest is obviously an exception last year. And I immediately forgot about it up until I was prepping for this podcast. Cause I wanted to make sure that I had some details at hand, but I had no idea he was in <laughs> did like a nice thing where he like unveiled his um shirt to show like the superman logo and then superman logo was like kb in the middle um because kobe had offered to help him with the dunk uh but anyway i i'm just here to ask you anthony what are your favorite laker memories from all-star weekend there aren't very many Mm. i was pretty young when kobe won the slam dunk contest um i honestly the first thing that unfortunately came to all right so the, the actual best Laker memory was Kobe's uh, the 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 um, the All Star game that he went toe to toe with Michael in like that mm. to me is like just I, I, again I was kind of young but it was so incredible to see that go down and and to see the amount that Michael really seemed to enjoy that moment as much as Kobe did. And that they were kind of going back from, and, and, and talking the way that they were on the court. So that's that's my all-time favorite. And then I, I, this was before my time, but Magic, when he came back from AIDS or mm-hmm. from HIV, and, and he had that, uh, I think that was in 96 or 95, and, you know, just lights up the, lights up the all-star game and hits that three-pointer. I don't even think the game officially ended. All the players just decided like we're done. It's not going to get better than that. So that was a really cool moment. And then, um, and then like the first moment that actually came to mind when you asked was Shannon Brown's. Dunk I, I knew that's what you were thinking. I saw the look on your face, and I was like, he's trying to be more positive. <laughs> it was. It, it's the same look that I I gave when I saw Damian Jones's line. Is <laughs> it, it was just. So my wife and I, Jen and I, have this uh, tradition that I'm not really a big valentine's guy Mm -hmm. her family has always celebrated valentine's so we meet each other in the middle and on valentine's day because slam dunk usually happens around there yeah 
we uh, we go out for a nice dinner and then we go to like a sports bar and we watch the slam dunk contest and all-star Saturday together. Mm -hmm. And that's like our, that's like our, we've been doing that now. We, we counted up the years. I think we've been doing that for like 12 years now. And um, so it's just, it's just this like, you know, little cool thing that we have between us. So I love the weekend. It's just unfortunate. The Lakers never really seem to participate (laughs) in any real productive way. Yeah. I mean, the Shannon Brown thing was actually one of the first ones I thought of too, because like <laughs> let's Shannon was such oh, a funny thing. Right. And I was so pumped. I thought he was going to be great. I still maintain that he probably saved some dunks for the second round, which he thought he was going to advance to mm-hmm. and did not because the first round was just, it was bad. And it was the easiest joke in the world when Kenny Smith said, do not let Shannon And I still think it's funny because it was so yeah. true. <laughs> well, he was like, his first attempt was like a, a, a 360 from the free throw line. It was very ambitious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and he, he had to settle just like for a regular old like Statue of Liberty, which was executed flawlessly. But like when yeah. you set the bar so high. Right? Everybody's like, oh, my God, that's a, that's a possibility. Oh, yeah. that's what uh, we're doing. doing yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really think he really he kind of like lost confidence in, in it, too. Mm-hmm. And, and like you're saying, kind of saves some stuff. But. But yeah, the reason I brought up the the tradition was because that was one of the first ones that Jen and I went to. Yeah, she was, was like 2010. Yeah, I bought her a Shannon Brown jersey. Like <laughs> she, she, we went to this, we went to the ESPN zone at Downtown Disney, and we were sitting there watching, and and Jen's there in her Shannon Brown jersey, and she was so sad. She yeah, looks so sad. <laughs> Um, I was really hoping that Larry Nance would have a good showing as yeah. a Laker at the slam dunk contest. And then he ended up being traded right before. So he was a Cavalier when it happened and he was still pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I would have picked him over Donovan Mitchell, but I often disagree with the slam dunk contest winners. So we yeah. don't really need to get it. And that. picking Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> um, honestly, one of my favorite memories was when Kobe and Shaq were co MVPs. Like yeah, uh, they had sort of been on the outs right after Shaq was traded and it was just very sweet to like see them accept the award together. And then Kobe gave it to Shaq's son because he was a big fan of Kobe. So that was very nice. And mm-hmm. then I loved when, you know, this, I think this was like right after LeBron and Wade had teamed up in Miami and Kobe mm-hmm. took the challenge of guarding them in the all-star game very personally. Blocked and them. then Dwayne Wade ends up breaking Kobe's nose. <laughs> in the <laughs> I was thinking of a different moment, but yeah. Yeah. There was, there That's was right. He different... does block LeBron at one point, right? In the All Star game. Uh, yeah, like it was. This was at the height of the like LeBron isn't man enough, isn't yes. like didn't have the clutch gene thing. So it's definitely like 2011 ish, right? Yeah. yeah, like Skip Bayless actually mattered back then, and mm-hmm. and uh, Kobe blocked him, and and at that time that was like at the that was at the peak of you know LeBron will never be Kobe talk, especially for right. Lakers fans, and Kobe gets that block, and and. Well, let's just say that it got a little loud and rowdy in the Irwin household. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe had uh, a certain level of reverence for the all-star game that a lot of stars do yeah. not adopt. And it was nice to see everybody sort of pick up that mantle in his honor last year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll happen again this year because it's just super weird circumstances that they're in Atlanta and I'm not going to hold it against them if they don't. But yeah, I liked that they brought it in 2020 and hopefully that's something that could potentially you know, keep up going forward because the all-star game is cool. You know, it's nice yeah. that everybody's together. And I think it's actually a really good marketing event for the NBA. I understand why they're doing it because everybody watches and it's mm-hmm. all of the stars you could possibly want the fans to know about together on one court. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's, it's just better when they actually try and the scores are not like 190 to 175. Like it's <laughs> yeah, always take the over. In yeah. The, uh, also, yeah. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, I, I think it's a permanent change, right? That it's going to be like the Kobe Bryant NBA all-star all- MVP award. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the right move. Cause you're right. I don't think anybody's going to take it as seriously this year, but so long as Kobe's name is on that trophy, it's just going to mean more. Um, it sucks. Like the reason, like this is where, you know, the kids say like, give, give somebody their flowers, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to, you want to give people their flowers before while, while they're still, still here. It'd be cool if they had honored Kobe beforehand so that he could actually hand that trophy over to people like, and, and, and you would get that moment. Um, but so long as his name is on that trophy, I think after this year, they'll go back to caring a little bit more. It's just, it's, 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 you know, so many of these players idolize Kobe growing up and, and his presence is, is just so impossible to ignore at this, at this point where the NBA is and given, unfortunately, how, how things ended for him, um, that it's just, it's always going to matter a little bit. Yeah. And I know uh, Kawhi said that when he got the trophy, it just meant so much to him that he had something in his house that had Kobe's name on it. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, And hopefully that continues to be the case, but uh, yeah, gosh, I can't believe how long it's been. Um, But anyway, the Lakers lost to the Kings tonight. Uh, The game sucked. The refs sucked. Uh, Damian Damian Jones's stat line was less impressive than you might've thought. (laughs) Uh, Score one point next time, Damian. That's all we have. That's all we have for the first half of the season for the Lakers. They now get an eight-day break until their schedule resumes after the All-Star break. Perfectly timed because we all really need it. But make sure you are still subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast because we will still be talking about the team even during this break. And you can find our show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Take care.